0: Okay, our next guest is an Edgar winning author who is perhaps best known for his number one New York Times bestselling Joe Pickett series, including the novel Long Range, which came out earlier this year. He's also written several standalone novels and pens his popular Cassie Duel series, which has been adapted for television. CJ Box, welcome to Thriller Talk.
1: Well, thank you for having me. It's good to see you again, Ryan.
2: So before we dive in today, I would love to share a little bit of a funny story that connects Chuck and uh, Ryan. Um, as executive director of Thriller Fest, we had a virtual version of it, and it was wonderful because there was people being paired up to interview authors, and I knew what a huge fan Ryan was of Chuck's work. So I reached out to Ryan expecting an incredibly enthusiastic Uh, response to my offer offer. and i'll let ryan tell his side of it
0: yeah well so i mean anyone that that's followed the books by certainly knows that that cj box is by far my favorite living author i'm a huge fan um literally you know freak out uh every time a new book comes out and i knew when virtual thriller fest was going on you guys had reached out kim and i said hey whatever you need from me however i can help And I remember you being very excited saying, Ryan, I got something really big for you. I'm going to put you with Chuck. And you were so excited about it. And I remember sitting there and I was thinking, and I actually said to you like, who the hell's Chuck? I don't, who's, and you (laughs) had to come back and say, CJ Box," And I freaked out. I absolutely freaked out. Um, And so I, so I didn't, I didn't know he went by Chuck. That was how I found that out. Then it got better because we shot the the first sort of um, the first video and it turned out that's that uh the itw person didn't hit record so um we got this email where pretty much i think everyone blamed me to an extent that it was my fault it didn't record so we had to do it again because everyone knew i wanted not to, me not chuck again uh that's <laughs> no, so the first email i got from kim was did you do this uh like like i have any control <laughs> or know how to know how to do that but so so everyone teased me pretty well and that was a lot of fun but uh but yeah, I mean I I don't think I've ever quite lived that one down. Even my kids make fun of me for that story. <laughs> they do, yeah. Dad, well, you didn't I know that was your all favorite the... author. No, didn't know.
1: Ryan, I can't tell you how much I appreciate all the kind things that you
0: you write and
1: your reviews as well. It's sometimes I, I know I'm sitting there blushing as I'm reading them, but I, I absolutely appreciate it. So thank you.
0: Well, no, you are you are so welcome and thank you. You make my job really easy as a book spy because for better or worse, I'm kind of like out there in a vulnerable position with the author. When I'm giving recommendations, you never know if someone's going to like them. And if they don't like the person's book, that's rough on the author, but they also get mad at me because I didn't recommend a good book. You're about the safest author I can recommend. And it's so funny because I get people that like cozies uh mysteries big time action thrillers spy thrillers, and i'm like go read cj box and they're like that's really not my thing and i'm like just read them you'll love it i promise and every single person i've ever recommended that comes back and tells me they read one of the books has loved it so you make me look like i know what i'm doing um so so thank you and obviously i do it because i am such a fan so um i'm over here looking at my calendar like they're probably gonna put out arcs for the next one pretty soon and that's always my favorite time of the year so
1: Well, thank you. Yeah, well, you do make good recommendations. I take them myself. So, thank you. Thank thank you.
2: Well, I think it just shows that Chuck's an incredible storyteller, and that's what people get caught up in with (laughs) the characterization and the story. So, as Ryan mentioned in the intro, uh, Classy Duel is uh, headed to the small screen with ABC this fall. And I wondered if you could tell us about the show and your level of involvement with it
1: um it's called big sky uh it's not called it's based primarily the first season at least on the book the highway which is by far the creepiest book i've ever written and um it's not called big sky or excuse me not called the highway it's called big sky and uh david e kelly who's a real well-known um executive producer writer um has had something like 13 or 14 shows on the air um, bought the rights to the highway about I think five years ago, and then um, subsequently, he he got the rights to all the other Cassie dual books, and he he's been a a real you know kind of a fan and, and proponent of this for a long time. He had it originally placed with the Epics Network, and then they, did, you know, just like some, so many of these stories, they had a change in leadership. The new guys didn't weren't as enthusiastic about it. A um, and E picked it up. And then um, now a, uh, ABC last uh, fall, was it, last spring, made a what they called straight to series order, meaning no pilot, no anything, we're gonna put this on. And it's going to be ABC's only new drama. Um, this sounds like a commercial. Tuesdays, November 17th on ABC, Big Sky. And they're, uh, they're shooting right now in Vancouver. They were originally going to shoot in Montana, where the book takes place. But all these COVID-related things that have changed production made it much easier for them to uh, film it in a bubble in Canada, in Vancouver, than it did to film it in Montana. So um, they're going at it right now. I've been hearing from David Kelly that things are going well, although the weird circumstance of this is that he has not visited the set because he doesn't want to quarantine for 14 days. And I will probably not be able to as well for the same reason. So I'll be watching the show like everybody else when it comes on.
2: We're all excited. My
1: involvement, uh, that's, I'm sorry. uh, My my involvement is I provided the source material. I'm not there on day to day. I read the pilot script. I thought it was fantastic. I offered a couple of ideas, which, uh, David Kelly thought were good ideas, and he went at, went at it from there. But even in the promos I've been seeing, I'm
0: recognizing the dialogue.
1: So I think that's good.
0: The cast, which includes uh, Kylie Bunbury, Katherine uh, Winnick, and Ryan Phillippe, uh, they look incredible in the trailers um, that I've seen online and on TV now. They're starting to come out on TV now. What are your thoughts about the casting, and is there anyone you're especially excited to see slip into character?
1: Well, um, the casting is interesting because, you know, as a writer, you envision how people look. Um, and I don't think, I don't know you know, how, if, if, if it's ever going to be the character that, you, that you envision exactly. Um, uh, there's certainly some different kind of casting going on with this one. Although I think the essence of the, the characters remain the same, you know, Cassie in the books is a, a middle-aged overweight white woman. And, um, uh, uh, Kylie Bunbury is quite attractive black actress so that's one big change but um, I, I corresponded with her early on she said she was going to make me proud of, of uh, how Cassie was portrayed and I believe her um, I think it's going to be really interesting the, I think the the, the, the character and, and I'm going to screw up these names uh, character um, uh, the casting for the Lizard King is right on um, I think uh, the Highway Patrolman is right on. I should have a list of everybody. They'd be upset with me if they saw that. But um, I think it's a generally, generally um, much, much like the books.
0: And does the first season follow um, the highway then?
1: Yes. Now, um, because the other books have been optioned as well, I don't know, I know that there's going to be some secondary plots going on that include some of the threads from the additional Cassie dual books. Uh, you know, this, it, it, TV is so much different than novel writing. I mean, they're still working on the scripts for the, you know, later into the series now as the thing debuts. So it may take some directions that um, I don't, I won't see coming. And um, there's so much input; it's so collaborative. There's so many people involved. Um, there's probably going to be some changes, but I know that uh, David Kelly, at least, is is good and a professional, and I know he'll keep things pretty much um, on on track. I believe.
2: Fantastic. So, in the in the novels, um, Cassie was last seen in the Bitter Roots. Are you working on a new Cassie book right, right now? Actually,
1: uh, I am not working on a new one yet. I'm going to start working on a new one next year. Um, I was on a, a book and a half pace for the last seven or eight years, and I it got to be almost overwhelming um, because I don't, you know, I do everything myself. I don't have researchers, I don't have assistants, I don't have anybody. It's just me, and um, the book and a half pace was was really getting grinding. Um, because I love to fish, and I love to hunt, and I love to do things. Um, so I, I was able to kind of put off that Cassie book for a year with that with uh, publisher Macmillan, And then um, so it'll be every two years as opposed to every other year.
2: Fantastic. And do you think Cassie and Joe might meet up in a book?
1: I don't know how that could happen, mainly because I have the unique and weird situation of having two different publishers um, the Joe Pickett books are Penguin Putnam, the Cassie Duell books and the standalones are all with Macmillan. So I don't know who owns the characters between those two. I, I, I I've thought a little bit about it and I thought about some of the
0: carryover or how I could do it, but I'm just not sure how it would work technically. That reminds me of Michael Connolly's Bosch situation with with the Amazon show. Me too. Might as well all playing Bosch, and then they had Matthew McConaughey as Mickey Haller and the Lincoln lawyer. Would have been great. I think fans wanted to see him together so bad, and they and they couldn't do it, um, which is right. a real shame. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Steve, it's, it's,
1: oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. No, I was just going to say I agree with you. I'm a big fan of uh, Michael Connolly and Bosch and his involvement with the show and how. <laughs> I love the way that they've done it in that they've stuck with the books, but they've, in- they've actually incorporated sometimes two or three of the novels, as you know, into the same season. And I think that's, that's just a great way to do long form television. And that's, that's uh, I believe how it's going to be done with the Cassie Duel series.
0: Yeah, I agree. That show is, I'm sad it's ending. Um, that's the truth. But all right, we too. talked about Joe Pickett a little bit. Um, there was a few years ago. Um, you sold the rights for a Joe Pickett television show. Then you put out a statement saying that essentially that was canceled. You might've bought the rights back. I'm not exactly sure how it went down, but um, it it was not meant to be. And you gave your reasoning on that, which I think fans I'll speak for your fans being probably one of your biggest fans. We were thrilled. Basically the reasoning was uh, they weren't going to make the show much like the books, which I don't think any of us have an interest in seeing if it's not the Joe Pickett we know and love on the page coming to life on the small or big screen. That said, do you think it's possible we might one day see an adaption of the Joe Pickett series?
1: I know it's possible. Um, there, I, I can't make the official announcement because I promised not to, but um, this winter there will be an announcement that um, the Joe Pickett show will go into production next spring. Um, can't talk networks, can't talk anything, but the people who are involved have been involved now for four years. Um, I met the writers, I went to the writer's room just before March when everything shut down. And I loved the way they were doing it, um, the way they thought about it, the way they thought about the characters. They all understood it was a show about a family as opposed to just simply action and um, bad guys and police procedural. So from that, starting with that premise, I'm very excited um, that it might come or not come about like we had hoped it would.
2: So you mentioned that you're an avid fisherman, hunter, and outdoorsman, and so I believe you and your wife were involved in the tourism industry before. If someone was to come Mm -hmm. and they were looking for some adventure, what things would you recommend they do or see?
1: Oh, I, I could recommend a lot of things. It would really depend on what their level of comfort is. Um, everyone should go to Yellowstone Park, the first national park. And um, whether or not they go off trail, off road, um, it is truly one of the most magnificent places on earth. I think I've been there now 150 times, mainly because my, of my tourism background and taking people there. But I'm still always amazed. And I've, I've been to not every inch of it by any means, but most of it. And you know, once you get off the road, off the trails, um, it's still as wild as it ever was. And that you can make it as wild as you want. But the state is big. There's a lot of stuff to do. Um, terrain, it really varied from, you know, sand dunes to almost specific Northwest type, um, you, know, w- you know, rainy, um, very green areas. So um, I write about it. That's why I move the books around so much uh, where Joe Pickett can show up, you know, in the red desert. Or um, in Jackson Hole, or whatever, because I think it it is a very fascinating kind of state with with the smallest population in the in the country.
2: And if they and were looking for, sorry, sorry, and they were looking for complete and utter adventure, though the wildest thing possible.
0: Oh,
1: I would you know, I would say um, probably get involved with like a, a multi-day. Um, horse pack trip into the the Bridger Wilderness or the Tetons or Yellowstone. That's really pretty basic stuff. I've done that a few times. Um, That's really, you know, hearkening back that this is, you know, the most remote area in the United States is not that far from um, Jackson and Yellowstone. Uh, It's called the thoroughfare region and I've been in there on horses and it's just like, you know, probably as it was in 1820 or before.
0: I would just add that for anyone like me who's intimidated to actually go to Yellowstone, uh, you can certainly read about it in Free Fire. Free Fire is one of my favorite Joe Pickett books and it probably has one of my favorite setups that you've done before, which is there's a little area where um, essentially someone could get away with murder because it's, it's not um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I don't, I don't spoil the book at all, but uh, so if you, again, like me, are intimidated by the outdoors, but you like reading about it, Free Fire is uh, definitely a a go-to of mine. And uh, the setup there is fantastic. Um, Chuck, you've won a lot of awards from the two most prestigious Western culture organizations in existence. What is it about the American West that appeals to you and readers and seems to be so timeless?
1: Well, I think it's... um You know, like every country, every culture has some kind of backstory and mythology. You know, um, England, uh, you know, the Knights of the Round Table, that kind of thing um, is what you think about. And I think in in the United States, um, you know, the American frontier and the West are what, uh, you know, gives a lot of Americans kind of a background, kind of a place to come from. And I think because of uh, Western books and Western movies, a lot of the world thinks that that um there is a real unique kind of culture um, and outlook and uh terrain in the american west i agree with all of those things i grew up here and um because as kim mentioned because of the work i used to do in in tourism international tourism found out there was just you know a real fascination with the american west overseas and i think to some degree on the on the on both coasts so what i try to do is just portray that culture um as actu- as, you know, as naturally as I can, as authentically as I can, recognizing that um, it is pretty exotic, um, the wild stuff, the culture, the gun culture, hunting, fishing, it is a unique kind of landscape and, you know, unique kind of, um, you know, tableau to paint on without trying to be too cliched, you know, um, where everybody talks real slow and says they got to go down the road a peace, you know, which nobody talks like, but also include modern day um, issues and controversies like energy production and, um, you know, the environment. Um, I try to keep those things in all of the books so it's current and not just a retelling of westerns.
2: That's fabulous. Um, you touched on the word family earlier, and I think so many people relate to that because we're all obviously embroiled in our own families, functional, dysfunctional. Was that a conscious choice for you when you started the Joe Pickett series to develop a large family um, that can you know, kind of evolve over time? Or was it just, did you somehow fall into that as you wrote?
1: I kind of fell into it, Kim. I, I didn't, I never started to write a series. Um, I think that's kind of a mistake sometimes with some uh, fledgling authors that they they plan the first 10 books, and uh, therefore they're withholding things, um, because it's going to be revealed later. The very first book, um, which came out as open season, I called Joe Pickett. In my mind, it was a standalone about a... An environmental issue, the Endangered Species Act, and the protagonist was a game warden because a protagonist was the best kind of game warden. Best, a game warden was the best kind of protagonist I could come with to advance the story. Not until I had a contract with the publisher for two more Joe Pickett books did I ever start thinking of a series. I mean, I never thought you know the world is just waiting for a Wyoming game warden series, (laughs) and I'm the guy who can deliver it. So so it it happened organically, but luckily. I tried to avoid some types in that very first book. Um, I didn't want Joe Pickett to be a a lone kind of, you know, PI with a dark past and um, a lot of baggage. I I thought it was more realistic. If like, if he, like most game wardens, lived in his house with his family, and they were all somewhat involved. And um, he didn't make much money and he never probably would doing that. So uh, I just thought it added to the realism to make him... um, a little bit more relatable, and he screws up sometimes too, so it was all just kind of a a way to make it authentic in the first thing, but I'm glad that I started with that premise now.
2: And when they asked you, you know, can you write a few more Joe Pickett books, what was your initial reaction?
1: Oh, my first reaction was, yes, absolutely, and then my second reaction was, I don't know what the second one is going to be, but luckily, you know, at that time, I wasn't A Spring Chicken, and I had written a couple of manuscripts previous to the Joe Pickett book that didn't include Joe Pickett, but that had plot elements in it that I could kind of steal from. So the first couple of books were um, rewritten um, other books that didn't have Joe Pickett, and then I kind of got into the rhythm of it.
0: That's fascinating. I'm going to show what a Joe Pickett nerd I am. Uh, You you mentioned the, uh, the energy stuff that's cold wind. So anyone that has not read the series get cold wind and you'll see about that one. You touched on some of this a little bit, Chuck, but Joe is, he's a really refreshing and and unusual hero. I feel like if you walked in and pitched him uh, to a publisher or a reader or an agent, they would, they would not get it at all because he's the anti James Bond or Mitch Rapp or Jason Bourne. Uh, He's a lousy shot with his, with his handgun. Um, he's this happily married guy, so you're not going to have the steamy hookups and all that. And he's quiet and unassuming, almost to a fault. Do you feel like those features um, are part of what makes him so appealing to readers? Well, I think so, right? And, and again,
1: not intentionally, not strategically, but um, that's one of the great things about uh, being able to on book tours and meeting readers is to get that immediate feedback from people. And, um, you know, one very unusual thing about the books, and I was telling my publishers this for years, was that at book signings, it was almost always a breakdown of 50-50 men and women. Um, as you know, most thrillers are read you know—read by men. Most mysteries are read by women. Um, sometimes you know, the ratios are like 90% to 10% on either one. And for some reason, my books seem to appeal to um, both genders and old and young. And I think that's because of the family aspect, and because um, readers read it in different ways. For for a lot of women that I talk to, they talk about the family exclusively. As the book in the books? Um, men like the you know the action in uh, Nate Romanowski's Great Big Pistol, that kind of thing. So it, it, I, it was never strategic, but it has worked out that um, I think because of different elements of the book, the books they appeal to different people.
0: And I think he's relatable. That's the other thing, you know. I, I'm a big Vince Flynn fan. I love Mitch Rapp, but you know, there's a book where Mitch Rapp kills 15 guys in one scene. I couldn't do that. I'm I'm pretty positive I couldn't do that. But I could go miss a guy shooting at him. I could probably miss. Um, you know, I could do a lot of the stuff yeah. Joe Pickett does. I identify <laughs> with with driving my kids around and them hating the music I listen to, and me equally hating the music that they put on. Um, I think that, mm-hmm. it's the, you know, you, you relate to that and you see yourself uh, to some extent, even as someone like me, who's never been out in the country or outdoorsy. I didn't know what a game warden was when I read open season. I, I actually had to look that up. And yet there's so many things in the character and the family life and and his normal everyday job like uh, situation that I think we we see in ourselves. I think that's what makes it relatable. And I think that I, mean, I can speak to me and I'm sure Kim has her own feelings, but I think that's why he's relatable and, and people. Love them. Hopefully so, thank you.
2: Yeah, I think also when they're they're flawed characters, you can really bond with them. I think what happens is sometimes if the character is too perfect, like Ryan said, that unstoppable, you don't really worry about them. And in Joe Pickett's case, I think you really care and you can see the vulnerabilities there. And I think that's what really, um, I guess, makes us very attached to him as a character. So-
1: Well, and some big and important characters have died. Yeah. Um, been killed or gone away. And I think I always want to keep that on the table um, and that so readers know that, um, you know, n- not everybody is safe all the time. Things are gonna happen. And I think that adds to the tension.
0: It's like George R.R. R. Martin Light uh, in a few ways. It's not yeah. quite as bad as Game of Thrones. And there's some characters in the genre, they're just bulletproof. And Joe is definitely not bulletproof as we've seen uh, across the series. But yeah, I mean, no spoilers, obviously, but yeah, there's been a lot of characters who have uh, been done away with. So, Mm -hmm. It it wasn't a
1: Joe Pickett book, but in the book, The Highway, um, that shocked an awful lot of readers thinking that uh, the protagonist of that series was on for a long, long run and halfway through the book, he's gone. Um, I still hear about that from angry readers at times.
2: Well, if there's any big weddings, like the Red Wedding and such, then we'll be really worried.
1: <laughs> yes, that's a good point. Yeah, Joe Pickett has three daughters, yes. Yeah. yes.
2: So in the wedding, maybe that's a story idea. Uh, so before we let you go, Chuck, um, we'd love to hear about Dark Sky, which is the 21st Joe Pickett book coming out next March. Can you, What can you tell us about that?
1: Um, it, it, strangely enough, it's very much a COVID book without being a COVID book. Um, primarily because I wanted to write a book where I really stripped Joe Pickett down to the very, very essence. Um, you know, without, it, it, it's it's a, it's a wilderness story, um, without guns, without communications equipment, very, very isolated. Um, the book was begun before um, March, but then it was finished over the next four months, three months. So I'm so far ahead of, Of schedule it's ridiculous but I think that sense of isolation um and kind of chaos uh on a a real personal level comes through and it, it I you know like I said I got done with it much much earlier than usual I just did the copy edit on it and I I love this book um some people may not because it's just so intense and personal but um that's due to come out next March as well
2: That's exciting. I'm really looking forward to it. And when will the ARCs be ready?
1: I don't know. I'm guessing that they should be ready. You know, uh, like I said, I just did the copy edit. So um, there's no good reason why they won't be ready within the next month or so. But everything's slow, especially when it comes to printing now. So I don't know if that that will delay that or not. Um,
0: But we'll see, hopefully soon.
2: Ryan will be checking his mailbox.
0: You have no idea. I'm <laughs> calling every friend I have at Penguin when we're done. Now, soon,
1: probably, well, but
0: but yeah, definitely. They, I think there's a lot of us excited for that one. Yeah, they
1: all know you pretty well. There is a high tech aspect to it, but it's not. It's di- much different than anything else I've written. Um, can I say one thing about the TV shows that I was didn't get into? Yeah um, from from my standpoint and my wife, and we're just kind of like not doing the first Joe Pickett thing. Uh, entertainment is so much different than it used to be um it's not the panacea for an author to get a television show or a movie like it once was because the dollars aren't the same as they once were there's so many networks so many series all that all uh, i think all an author can hope for is that the books are serve as commercial or excuse me the shows serve as commercials for the books and uh create a little bit more exposure and that that's what that's what i'm excited about is that Um, We've already seen sales go up on the books just from the promos of the television show. Um, So that's that's where the real reward is. So thanks for letting me say that.
2: Of course. Well, thank you very much uh, for coming on today, Chuck. Such a pleasure. And, um, you know, wish you well and hope things go as well with uh, in Wyoming as well.
1: Thank you very much. Same to you. Thanks, Chuck. We appreciate Ryan you being in there. Oh, my pleasure. Let's do it again sometime.
2: Mm-hmm.